Coming to you from Podcast Detroit, it's Heard, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Please take a second to subscribe on iTunes. And for future episode information and additional content, head over to HerdPodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at HerdPodcast. Welcome to Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. We're thrilled you're listening this time around. Don't forget to subscribe to Herd through your Apple Podcast app, iTunes, or however you get your podcasts. If you want to go one step further, write a review and let us know what you think. I'm Joe Hakeem. Tonight I'm joined by Nick. Hello, sorry, it's my drink. Jason. <laughs> oh, hello, sorry, it's my drink. Vato. <laughs> Uh, yeah, also mid. Dave, you guys get it together. <laughs> Unprofessional. The theme is drinks. Tonight. Drinking on the job. My goodness. And our very special guest, a guy who opened his business in Corktown over nine years ago, near the beginning of Detroit's dining resurgence. Owner of Mudgies, Greg Mudge. Cheers. Welcome. We're going to talk about the Detroit dining scene, service issues owners are dealing with as Detroit evolves, and lobster rolls. <laughs> the dreaded lobster roll. Scary week. So, Greg, could you explain the Mudgies concept and how it's evolved since you opened back in 08? Uh, well, it's kind of just grown organically over the time. Uh, it started out as a 12-table dining room, uh, you know, just deli fare. And uh, over the years, we've added a bar, an outdoor patio, and expanded on the menu and full liquor license and... So, yeah, but it just kind of happened organically. And when you started, was it a lunch-only thing, or was it were you open for lunch and dinner just with the sandwiches? No, we were open. Uh, we, we didn't really do a dinner menu, but we were open until 9 o'clock. Uh, it took six years for people to figure that out, though, for whatever reason. Like, people just always assumed we closed at 4 o'clock. But, yeah, we struggled with that for quite some time. And you think that's an issue of just, like, because you're a deli and you have sandwiches, do people just assume that you're only open for lunch? Yeah, and I think... You know, even when we opened up, a lot of restaurants didn't stay open later unless you were something dinner. So, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So we, you were um, – we talked about this briefly before, but do, do you were – you worked for F at, when it was F McNally's? Yeah, I worked for uh, – it was Rob and Tom that owned it, okay. the guy's names, and I worked okay. there for probably about eight years before they vacated the space. Okay. And then they, they moved downtown to what is now part of Grand Trunk Pub. Correct. And then you took over – your space, right? Right. Cool. Yeah, they did, they left it empty, and I just called the landlord and uh, rented it out. Cool. So, great. Had worked in restaurants my whole life, but never uh, never owned one. But right. just figured I'd dive in, and here we are. <laughs> so, at that point in Corktown, you you were um, one of very few um, of the new kind of places to open, right? So, you and was Slows open at the time? Slows is open. I think I came online about two years after Slows opened. Uh huh. So I think they just did their tenure a couple years ago. So yeah, and um, and it's drastically changed. Like Corktown is kind of like the the hot area of Detroit. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, I mean, there's so many places that have opened up. It's it seems like there's some place opening up every other day. And how does that affected your business? Um, I kind of uh, have the more the merrier mentality when it comes to business. The only thing I think that it's actually affected is actually struggling to keep people working in the restaurant. There's yeah. not enough bodies <laughs> in the scene anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, a hu- it's a huge issue. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I'm, yeah, I actually want to talk to you about that tonight just in general. But <clears throat> like I think the more the merrier in terms of especially restaurants in Detroit, like it seems to be like helping everyone. But we're definitely fighting over talent in general right Kid, oh, behind, at, front of the house back of the house oh absolutely i think we're, yeah. we're all just passing everybody around yeah it certainly <laughs> seems that way yeah so which makes it very difficult yeah without question so, so then how, how does that i mean we could bring up the the obvious the, the story that was in the metro times um <laughs> la, last month or whenever we that can was. and we will yes yeah, um, part two of that saying. discussion <laughs> so um you were featured pretty prominently in that article, mm-hmm. um, and uh, kind of 
go through how that article even happened. So, yeah, she – I can't, it, was, it was right after the holidays, I think, she called and uh, – uh, She is Alyssa Offman, right? Right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, she called and she started to talk to me and uh, she said she was maybe going to be doing a story about bad service in Detroit and I kind of spoke candidly to her for probably about an hour and uh, you know my whole angle was I don't think it's a Detroit thing like I, I must have said that to her 150 times you know like would have never commented on a story that was going to come out and actually like bash the city of Detroit's like service industry that I'm a part of um, so yeah it was kind of a kind of a weird thing and so the, the store, I mean, I agree with you with the, the whole, it's, it's not just a Detroit thing. I mean, service industry all over um, struggles with yeah. finding good people. Um, and that's not really scandalous, as we've talked about before. I mean, obviously the region here, we're, we're all growing together. We're, you know, it's like we're trying to find ourselves, train, we're facing shortages. So I don't think it's scandalous to say we need to do a better job. But the way she went about it was kind of, uh, yeah. Yeah, because when I talked to you, like the... Oh, it was a couple of days later, a week later. You said that uh, she didn't even approach you the way that uh, how the story was going to come out at all. Uh, no, I, I had no idea that it was going to be like that. I mean, I and like I had that. There was like actually like some of my staff was upset with me because like there's a part in there where I talk about like tipping, and I'm like, I think I said something to the effect of you know people leave a twenty percent tip no matter what, and the servers never know that they're doing a bad job or whatever. So then like the way that she spun it or something happened, like some of my staff was like, well, so we shouldn't be getting tipped. And I was like, no, I was never saying anything like that. But so just things didn't come out the right way that the way she presented things. And and obviously there was a, a negative connotation with that story because I think that it opened up with like, well, I waited forever to get a table seating. Is that right? Yeah, no. Yeah, she yeah she like totally opened the article with uh with it was like a paragraph of basically like a horrible Yelp review. <laughs> yeah, that's what pissed me off about that it was like I was like you know like if you're gonna criticize the guy's restaurant, fucking criticize the guy's restaurant, but tell him you know don't let. And I knew that she did that. Like she just totally. I mean, I I think she redeemed you you know throughout the article. But if you were like most people, you probably just read like the first half of the article, or you know. Yeah. I mean, I read the whole thing because it's relevant to my industry, but and we all did. But it's just like <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck? Like, don't don't just like you know lambaste the guy and then and then you know f- bring this follow up. And I knew that you didn't know about it. I mean, it's well, yeah. And then she went on. She yeah. went on like Channel Two and did a little segment with Channel Two. She was. On, oh, I missed that. And and I think she went on WDT uh-huh. as well. Like and because I kept kept getting phone calls from people or texts like she's on WDT now like talking about you again and I'm like what Jesus you know? Christ <laughs> at one point I did call Metro Times and I was just kind of you know like and, you know if you're going to write about something that's fine but like I started to feel like it was some weird personal thing or something I'm like what, totally. are, what are you doing running around this city like just bashing me everywhere you go yeah yeah that's ridiculous so every time she showed up on a, a news feed of some type she brought up Kind yeah. of your reoccurring yep. stories. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, and it, it was a uh, it was really funny too. The story was like such a big deal. Like I think I think she pretty much pissed everybody off in the service industry. But then like on top of it, like for like two weeks, everywhere I went, oh my god, I'm so sorry about that article. <laughs> I saw that. That's the worst thing ever. Like is that you know like when I'm like it was just yeah for two weeks it's all I heard anywhere I went. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I felt so horrible sorry. for you too. I mean, the first paragraph was just, was brutal way to start up a, I mean. It was completely off topic for the most part because the topic was about, um, you know, what we could do different and this right. and that. But it was just like bash, bash, bash. Like you said, it's a horrible Yelp review. And, uh, you know, owners, I don't know, uh, owners, I, I feel so bad for restaurateurs who have to deal with that kind of bullshit. Yeah, and, and you know, it's like it came, it went, it's gone. Well, here we're talking about it again now. But, <laughs> well, yeah, but, <laughs> but I mean, it's, you know, I don't think it. I, I don't think it had the power to do any kind of damage to. No, I don't think so either. It's just like a. I mean, again, I think it speaks more to the state of, you know, journalism in the city and how they're, they're just looking for anything, anything to talk about, you know. And and it's like the the whole thing was misleading. It was like not all it's cracked up to be. And then it was like here are things that we should be doing better. But it, I. It was a mess. Not a fan. Not a, personally, not a fan. Well, <laughs> but there is a way to write an article like that, and, and there is a way to be critical of our service industry. But the, the way – and coming at it from the inside where people work with you and help you write a story, research it properly, um, I'm sure you, you, any of us sitting around this table would admit that there are issues right now. And we've gone over a couple already, even, even with the, um, you know, the lack of people for one. 
and the recycling of people. Um, and just the general – and also something pe- most people don't talk about is the, the customer is changing. And your deal, as the dining scene grows, the customer base hopefully grows, and you're dealing with a lot of new customers that may not know what to expect. Um, no one should expect to be ignored, but I mean, no, no one said they. I have a hard time believing, you know, ignored is the you know the, the term. Um, it's relative, I guess. It's a, it's a different standard of service. They have this thing built up in their head of what they think an ideal experience is. And maybe that's not perfect with every restaurant. And if they don't get that, they're so quick to go on Yelp. And I really liked when Yelp didn't allow you to post from your phone because it's like, okay, I have to go home. I have to process this. Maybe I won't be as bad. But I think they changed that. I think that's now off and now you can post directly from your phone. Yeah, I think you're right. You can so, like write it at, while you're at the table even. Just before just you, you it's amazing. Right. I don't even look at Yelp. Um, I do. But I, I knew a ton of people that do. And – you know, a problem with a story like this isn't necessarily a local problem because, you know, a lot of people go to your restaurant and other restaurants at uh, MT or whatever is bashed. But it's people outside the city mm-hmm. who are coming to Detroit or metro areas destination and they do research. So every time I travel anywhere, I do research about where I'm going to go. And I look at things like Eater and I look at things like Thrillist because those are the mainstream kind of things yep. to look at. I don't look at Yelp. Uh, but you know, I'm probably just as bad for looking at some of the other stuff I look at too. I look at Open Table and see what some of the reviews are, and you know, I start building around that. Unless you know people with other personal experiences, say, "Hey, you know, what did you think of over here in San Francisco or Chicago?" Yeah. Blah blah blah. So that's where the damage really comes in. If somebody else is researching, and then it's like, "Oh, well, let me look at Corktown and blah blah blah." This story comes up, and you read it, and you're like, "Oh." Well, I'm not even going to try it because, you know, clearly this person had shitty service. And, right. You know. I think Yelp has its merits. I use it when I'm in a small town. If I'm in a town that I know is not covered by Thrillist or Eater or wherever or even a newspaper, I can look up, you know, Fairfield, Iowa and try to find a you know, Yelp review. And that will at least kind of give me some rough direction, you know, because we did that when we were in Iowa and we found a couple spots and mm-hmm. – it worked. I don't want to know why you guys were in Iowa together, <laughs> but I will say on the on the flip side of that, I was in Petoskey two years ago, and every single restaurant in Petoskey was five stars. <laughs> Seriously, interesting. And I'm like, oh my god, how do I pick? Because these are all five star restaurants. Right. None of them were five star. When you read the reviews, <laughs> it turned out. is it just like? Does it seem kind of I mean, manufactured? I don't know. I drink a lot. I don't. So. <laughs> I don't have any stake in this, but I use the. It was diet. actually three stars, but the way they, <laughs> they shimmered, they, they blurred uh, uh, it was blurry. She was yeah. blurry. I was seeing double. Yeah. Six star restaurant. Well, I, I use the dine app by Tasting Table, and okay. and it, I don't look at it for reviews. I look at it for just to tell me what's at this place, what the cost point is, keywords. Uh, it, look for yeah. the keywords. I look to see what kind of you know, is it a family service? Is it a brunch service? Is it above cocktails? This and that. And I, you know, I look for the mapping, and I and I've uh, had a lot of great success with that. I mean, for Facebook, for all its other, you know, thing. I mean, you're people are already on this platform, and I mean, that's a great way for people to you know look at reviews and think businesses are more likely to respond to people on Facebook than Yelp. I mean, we certainly don't really worry about Yelp too much, but we want to no. make sure that we're engaging with people on Facebook. We because saw again, you were at Sugar people. House with Jason. Would you like to leave a review? Hmm. Well, that, that could right. be. Right. I saw that, that did happen multiple times because Joe's always like everywhere. And it's like, oh, you're friends with Joe. And, yeah. Um, have, you, have you ever been approached? Or, I guess both of you guys. Bit, have you been approached by Yelp uh, saying, hey, you know, if you, uh, if you pay a little money here. Little I've heard, well, I've heard mean, the stories. They'll, they'll come to you and say, like, you're doing so well on Yelp. You're so popular. Like, advertise with us. And it's like, well, no. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't advertise, then we're just going to put the negative ones right up at the top. See, I don't. I don't know. They claim they swear up and down that's not how that works. Right. Um, I have no idea. But But the math doesn't work. Well, like you, I will say that. Yeah. If you put in, if you type in Detroit Cocktail Bar, Sugar House will come up first, Hmm. and then another prominent cocktail bar not located in Detroit will come up second. Okay. And I don't know why that is. But it seems a like a worthy restaurant or just one not yeah, in Detroit. Yeah. Okay. Great place. Go. Not okay. Detroit. Okay. Detroit. Got it, got it, got it. Twenty miles away from Detroit, right? Okay. We'll come up. And it's like, why is that the case? Right? Like mm. and then it will be like standby, right, you right, know, whatever, right. Queen you know, Cliff Bells. So there's there's gotta be some sort of like maybe if you're paying for some advertisements, it's 
giving you a higher ranking yeah. in the searches. I'm not exactly sure. It definitely does that. Yeah, I've, they, been, I've been told that numerous yeah. times by them. Okay, um, officially FTC, so they have to. You have to declare that. You have to say yeah, ad. Yeah, they're, they're very clear about um, your rank. Your rank improving if you pay. I see. Um, and uh, yeah, that's one of the selling points they, they've used on me. And I've. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm to the point with them now where I've just told them not to ever call me back and if, uh, to note my account because they they call me at least once a month and I've, I get heated with them. Yeah. They just want to talk to you. And they just don't, they don't stop either. No, <laughs> they, they, they don't. Every day, all day long. <laughs> so, great. If you could do the article all over again, you know, you get a call from Alyssa and she says, hey, I'm going to write this article. Would you have changed anything? You'd be like, wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> no, Greg, yeah, here. Yeah, no, honestly, I, uh, I, I've always been pretty open with people when I'm talking to them, but really she kind of, uh, that, the article kind of it definitely has put me on the defensive because like, mm-hmm. it's never, like I said, I kind of just talked openly and very candidly about it and, and, uh, and it turned out like that, so I was like, I kind of got, bur- kind of got burned, kind of got burned, and I was like, you know what? Next time somebody calls, I'm totally not gonna, you know, just gonna watch my words a little yeah. more than I normally do because, like, I would just sit there and talk, you know. At least the community riled up, you know, in support for you. Oh so yeah, back to you, and I mean, that's got to show a lot of love. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and it's yeah. every time that the restaurant's ever been in some sort of mess publicly, like everybody's come to its aid and its defense. So I mean, that's and that's what's awesome about our community. We were there opening day, and your place was packed. Just like people were overflowing. It was, uh, it was. I mean, granted, everywhere's busy on opening day, but still, it was a lot of fun. To right. See. Um, so, I, I want to go back to uh, Jason mentioned Facebook, and I think it was last year, maybe, maybe a little, maybe a couple years ago. You used Facebook to reach out to your customers mm-hmm. and apologize for something. Yeah. Um, you guys essentially fucked up. Oh yeah, it was just a crash and burn day. It was just wretched. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think. You know, you're really in tune with your your customers and your, and what's happening at the restaurant. Obviously, I mean, as an owner, um, what happened to to um, what was the impetus for that post, and then what happened afterwards? Uh, well, I mean, just the day was like you know, I'm sure everybody works in the restaurant industry's had the uh, in the weeds dreams. It was real. <laughs> like it was like we just couldn't catch up. We had people calling off in the morning. Everything was going wrong. We sent out like a bunch of catering orders like super late, and like the drivers mixed up catering orders and like. I mean, it was just like one of those days where, like, you just, you just get pounded with just everything was just went wrong. I mean, literally everything that we did, we dropped the ball on everything. <laughs> it was just horrible. Um, we were short-staffed that day, and it was just, like, people were waiting, like, 45 minutes for carryouts and, you know, like, walking out all upset. And it was just bad, bad, in-the-weeds dream reality. Mm. <laughs> um, so at the end of the day, I, I mean, I just I knew that, like, we upset and, you know, pissed off a lot of people. So I just did what I thought would be the best thing to do and made that post and that post I don't, it, it 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 worked I guess cuz like a lot of people reacted to it I mean even other restaurant owners and whatnot were you know coming and singing praises about it and you know so that was cool I think the point about being short staffed is important I think most places uh I know we are at at Ackroyd's um I, I don't know uh how Dave if you guys are short staffed at your places but one person calling off can throw off the whole balance of a day. Oh yeah, right. So because yeah, so, nobody's coming in, <laughs> that's not happening. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to fill that spot. No, it's very, it's very rare. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's super yeah. rare if you have a, a person that's like, oh, I, I, I got your distress call. I'll totally yeah. come in for yeah. you. But th- every once in a while, it does happen. <laughs> that's interesting. Wait a second. So, like, so you're saying if if someone doesn't come, there, there's no one to pick up the slack. For the most part, no. I mean, it's, sometimes people will. Okay. It's very rare. It's more rare than it is that somebody comes in. Because these don't. people aren't, like, salaried. I mean, like, yeah, you come hourly. in, you get money. Yeah, yeah I mean, but, I actually, we, I, yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll offer, like, gift cards and stuff, too. Yeah. Like, we actually. Greg, <laughs> Greg and I are major stakeholders in one another's businesses because we, we trade gift cards for in, employee incentives. Yeah, I do that with, like, um, a, lot of, a lot of people. I'll trade gift cards. So it's like if somebody calls off, I'd be like, and I got a $25 gift card to Sugar House yeah. for you. I'll give you a bottle of wine off the wall. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, totally bartering with people to come in. But Which is uh, so funny because when I worked, like, retail and you, like, you'd never get enough hours. And probably because they were trying to keep you under 40 and all that. But. I'd be like, I, I that just, I, I don't know, just shocks me. Yeah, there no, would be like people jumping at the, it. I think the ball, specifically, I see it. I see some of our properties where guys are more willing, like where the culture is a little stronger. Guys are more willing to pick up the slack and come in if somebody has something, but very rarely. But not for personal. They're not like, I want to make more money. They're like, hey, I'm going to help you guys out. Yeah. And, and that's more of like in the smaller places that are very tight knit, like okay. we can get somebody to pick up the slack. But if it's a larger, one of the larger properties, 
then it's almost like we most of these people we we try not to have too many people that are part time. So most of these people are probably working forty plus hours as it is. Got it. So I get it. They don't. You know, we call them at a, you know two in the afternoon and say, "Can you come in and work another ten hours?" Right. And they're like, "Fuck that!" Like this is the one night I have my kids right, or right, right. You know, my girlfriend or whatever. My kids' girlfriend. I don't know. Whatever. So. <laughs> or, or I'm working my other job. Or I've got another job. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm at Mudgies right now. Stop calling me. He's not letting me use the phone while we're working. <laughs> don't gig me on this one. So do, this is also an issue of like of staffing where you don't have enough people. So you have to you have to uh, schedule people. So you're like at the bare minimum even at the beginning. So if everybody needs to show up, right? Like you're not over staffing at all. No, because right. I mean, if you overstaff, then you're you're put in a position where you have to send somebody home right. because you're trying to watch your labor and everything like that. And I try not to chase those numbers running the business, but you have to pay attention to it. I mean, and so it's like you start sending people home, then uh, that that's the other end of it. You know, then they're upset that they got sent home and they waste you wasted their day. You know, they came in for an hour or whatever. They could have like, worked somewhere else, right? right you know, right. I um, had bad jobs because I got sent home all the time. Probably because yeah. I was well, it, boy, it, I mean, it, it happens all the time though. I mean, like even on even on um, Sunday night before Memorial Day. Like we had basically a Saturday night crew going into it because it's always a busy night for us. And we don't know if we're going to do two, three or four times a regular Sunday sales. So we had four bartenders, you know, a couple of whatever, really big staff. And I think that two people got cut like within the first hour. Mm -hmm. And then it's like we owe you one here. Have a drink on the house. Here's 30 bucks. Smell you later. You should have gave away glow sticks. I mean, exactly. (laughs) MDMA and glow sticks. <laughs> Organic. Like, Organic. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. yeah. Thank but you. day in and day out, that's definitely like a challenge of management. Right. Managing. We say like when we say staffing issues or we've talked about something, but like day in and day out, people are in these places managing the staff, making sure that, you know, a lot of these people, like you said, Dave, they're working full time already or they're juggling multiple part time jobs. Because they've got to make their ends meet, and there's not a lot of slack. There's definitely not a lot of slack, I would say, in the staffing market, so or in the in the labor market, and um, it's not as easy to just be like, oh, let's just call this person, and we're gonna have a person. Come totally, in, we can't have on, like an on call. Like we tried doing yeah. on call shifts for a while there, and that was just wretched yeah. too. Like people just hated you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Slows yeah. still does that. Slows is like you're on call. And so you you may have to work like any given night. You may yeah. just have to be on call, so, and you get nothing. And again, we're, and then this, this uh, is, you get nothing, but you get a, still get to work there. And yeah. this is relative again when we're talking, speaking to the point of the article, which is also given that we're trying to uphold and elevate service standards. Mm-hmm. Like, how are we supposed to maintain the best, the most talented, to be able to provide that level of service that people obviously are holding us accountable to? given that these issues here. So it's not like it's just, you know, 19-year-old, 20-year-old college students working part-time. We're supposed to be managing, you know, talented staff and really taking the time to worry about their livelihood and make sure we're treating them, you know, good. But at the same time, like, sometimes you just have those days, right? It's just one out of one out of a 352, mm, right. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, that goes back to the, the – you can't control the customers that come in. You can't control how busy you are on a given day. You can staff to the moon and you still be busier than you expected. You know, Dave, like you were saying with the, the staffing at uh, Sugar House where it's like if, if you guys did five or six times what you normally do on a Sunday, you still wouldn't have been ready for it. Right. And, and so like – Which is Memorial Day weekend, but like 52 weeks a year, you can't do that day in and day out as a strategy. You can't be like, oh, I'm going to staff up. Just to make sure that we're covered every single day, and then send people home because they've be a wasted. Great way to get everyone to quit. Yeah, yeah everyone will quit. So <laughs> yeah. no, no talented person is going to stick around for that. And I, I feel like what, like when I was, I, I've worked in restaurants my whole life too. Like I feel like I was such a chump, like my whole because, like I mean, like I just did whatever anybody told me to do. Always like come in, okay, I'll come in, or you know, you got to work three shifts, okay, I'll do that, I mean, whatever, like. I just I, I don't know. I got yelled at all the time working in restaurants. There was chefs yelling at me. There was managers yelling at me. And now it's like if you like raise a finger at somebody, they're like, "Oh, you can't do that." You shouldn't do that. <laughs> There's got to be a reward for what you did. Now you're a restaurateur. I mean, you know, you paid your dues and went through all that. So I don't think you're, you're a chump for doing that. I think that you know you you lived the lifestyle and and you know saw the things that needed to get done and saw the things that shouldn't get done. And now you're in a position to make those decisions yourself. Right now you can yell at people. Yeah. 
No, you're not allowed to yell at people. No, I know. Just reporters. <laughs> you can only yell at reporters. Really? No. You, can, you can only yell at your top <laughs> managers. Everyone else, just fuck that. He's like, if you're willing to accept the consequences, you can yell at whoever the fuck. (laughs) That's that's true. That's true. Tell me I can't. (laughs) Lawsuits. So if you know, you look at Eater and um, like Eater Detroit. They've said that there's maybe close to a hundred restaurants supposed to open additionally in in the city. Oh, their plywood report keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So, so where the hell are people coming from to work at these places? So if we have another hundred places open in the next year or two, for example, where are they coming from? Are you talking staff or people to eat there? Uh, Okay. Both. Where are customers coming from? Where's the staff coming from? And who's, well, the customers are tired of going to all the chains and they're learning about all the, you know, major corporate chains and, you know, they, they want to try some of this local, flavor and these destination places for them because they're coming out from the different community, you know, counties and they want to focus in on the burbs and the metro area. Uh, and I think that at some point, uh, you know, the industry has to just adopt this idea that um, it has to train people and it has to pay people well and it has to treat people right. And, you know, except that uh, uh, there's going to be some bad customers and those customers should go somewhere else. That's my belief. I mean, I, I I agree. I think that, you know, there are more restaurants opening than um, we, as a current city, we can feasibly support, you know. But there are also tons of – ton, I've said this before in this room. There are tons of – there's tons of housing stock coming online as well, which will make, you know, several thousand more people in the next year, you know, 10,000, 5,000, whatever, in the next year be living in Detroit, frequenting my places, Greg's places, you know, yeah. whatever – you know, patronizing those places. The the issue, the the bigger concern to me is not the customer base, which it'll dictate, right? The market will dictate. And I think, you know, you do a good job, you stick to your guns, you'll be fine, right? Um, you know, we talk about competition all the time. Sugar House has been open six years, never done better, right? There are more places than ever to go. We're, we're doing great. But, um, so I think that'll sort itself out. But the bigger issue is the staffing and where we're going to get those people. And I mean, my guy, you know, we try to create a good corporate culture at all of our places. We try to pay higher on the spectrum. We have certainly lost people to various other places um, because we're not willing to pay or not able to pay as much or have the benefits that some other places have. When you have five bartenders working on one night and the other place has two, Mm -hmm. they can pay probably a lot more than you can. Um, and so uh, it's a big concern to me as well. And finding these people, training these people, um, it's, it's, it's going to be a challenge. I don't know where. I mean, I, I guarantee you that half of my current staff at Sugar House has been approached for various properties opening. And, you know, I, I pay them well. I empower them. And, and they're a part of the team and they're part of the process. And I think that helps with the retention. But, I mean, God, how many, you know, 30, 30 Bartenders in Detroit have worked for me mm-hmm. that don't anymore, you know, which is cool. Well, they're I mean, probably cool. running things somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Like at the top. They're doing good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're doing well. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm, it's not a bad thing. I, I mean, I'm proud of them, but it's just like the, the you know, the turnover is intense and like right. that costs us a ton to train someone to spend the time, to spend the energy. It, it costs us a lot, you know. I, I also think that as we become more of a destination place, we're going to have that migration of folks from areas that mm-hmm. you know uh you know midland or uh you know flint or something like that where these kids are, are growing up and they're like man i sure don't want to be a bartender i want to be in the service entry i want to be a cook but i can't do it here because there's nothing here for me like there's one restaurant and it's a mom and pop place or whatever so they're going to have to go to a place like detroit and i think about this all the time like we we are the only city that's going to have all four major sports within a, a few blocks of each other mm-hmm. That's I mean, it, we will be the 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 yeah. most dense sports arenas in the country, yeah, and that's that's concerts. It's not just sports; it's oh, concerts, yeah, totally, it's yeah. everything. And, and so, everything that grows around there. I mean, you think of this: if you live somewhere else outside of where we live, you would have to plan your day to go to a Tiger game, right? You'd have to. I could wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, "I feel like going to a Tiger game." Let's look at the cheap tickets Tigers are in town tomorrow. No, I have no idea. I'm not a sports guy. Going Friday, going Friday. But I, you know, I can just wake up and do that. So yeah. we're we're kind of accustomed to this. But everyone else has to leave and do this. So if you're growing up, uh, you know, somewhere between here 
in the, the UP, you know, maybe like an hour and a half away. And you're like, oh, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I'm really into this cooking thing. I'm really into this bar thing, a restaurant. You're going to come down here. You're going to find yourself a place to live. And it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to – you're going to skip college. And this is what you want to do, or maybe this is what you want to do, or you're going to Wayne or, or something else. And that's what I think is going to happen to our service industry here. I mean, we're seeing a reverse brain drain. We've got guys that, you know, are coming from Ann Arbor, guys and gals coming from Ann Arbor, Grand Rapids, Chicago. Um, one, of our, one of our phenomenal servers at, at Wright & Company was she came from Chicago and, you know, to move to Detroit mm-hmm. because, you know, probably – do better here it's cheaper speaking. too cheaper yeah. and you know the revenue is probably comparable and mm-hmm. so you know yeah. doing probably a lot better and you don't have to take an hour to get on the l and exactly blah, 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 right. and, better yeah. quality of life you know so well, we're going to yeah. see that i mean i will it keep pace with the you know four thousand people that <laughs> you know all these restaurants need to hire in the next two years i have no idea which we heard that when uh, between the time when that we went to chicago for the Violet Hour Takeover and the time that they came here, it was about six months. And we had quite a lot of contact with a lot of Chicago people then. And I was definitely amazed. There's a lot of interest from Chicago service industry professionals in what is going on in Detroit and the potential of coming back, like you said, the reverse brain drain. Yeah. And uh, and coming back because, excuse me, this is so saturated out there and Detroit is just cool. Yeah. Two, two years ago, I was in San Francisco. Every bar I went to, and I, I must have been went to twenty bars in like three days. And every bar I went to was like, "Oh, Detroit! Oh, I've been meaning it's to go everywhere. out there." It is blah, everywhere. Blah. It's like, yeah, it's the the, the the misconception is that like, oh, I can open a bar in Detroit for like ten grand. <laughs> right. I can buy a house for five hundred dollars. No, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right. Two Chicago questions. One: How did the Violet Hour? You guys going to Violet Hour versus them coming to you? What did you kind of see the differences between the two opportunities? I think they were both really successful. Um, I hadn't been to Chicago for many years before I had gone out there in like July, August to kind of set the groundwork and then in September to do the event. Um, so I wasn't really up on like the Chicago scene. Um, but the the multiple times that I visited, I was super impressed. They were excellent hosts, hospitality. But like there was definitely that that event that we did, a large outpouring of – Support from, you know, Chicago service industry people who were originally from Detroit that were living in Chicago. People actually came from Detroit. Actually, there were some people from Grand Rapids Mm -hmm. that drove all the way out there to support. But there was definitely, um, you know, a hunger for that out there. Um, The event that we did I thought was really great. Um, It was pretty definitely successful. You know, there was a line. There was probably 20 people waiting at 5 p.m. to get inside. And Mm -hmm. it was pretty solid all night long. So, like, the people from Detroit definitely showed the love back, you know, to the Chicago set. And um, all the way around, it was just great. But, like like I said, I mean, I think that a lot of the people um, in both of those events were definitely interested in what was going on in Detroit. Um, I just love the um, sort of sister city camaraderie, mm-hmm. you know, that – all the bartenders in Chicago were like, oh, fucking Detroit's yeah. awesome. And, you know, we all love Chicago. I mean, it was, it was just really cool. Like, these are very, you know, very similar cities, obviously, with, it in the, you know, different last hundred years, but really similar cities that have, have, um, have sort of grown up together. And uh, it was cool to have that sort of um, relationship with them and have the respect, the mutual respect. It was really a lot of fun. I was, uh, I was just in Cleveland. Mm. About a month Cleveland's ago. great. Well, about a month ago, and there's a tiki bar, and I can't remember what Porco. the name. Yeah, Porco. Oh, fucking Porco. <laughs> and, uh, Porco did well, a takeover. Sure. <laughs> oh, did, well, oh, yeah. well we, we, we sat there at the bar, and we're you know, drinking and whatever. I, th- I think we're drinking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably. You were definitely drinking. <laughs> probably drinking at Porco. <laughs> um, if you can't remember. But, uh, you know, we mentioned that we we're, you know, the, oh, I think the, the, oh, it was funny, too. The owner was back there, like, doing dishes. And, like, he's got the, his bartenders are there, but he's, like, back there, like, bar backing yeah. dishes. And I thought that was cool. But, uh, yeah, yeah. He, you know, he's like, oh, where are you guys from? Or whatever. We're like, yeah, Detroit. And as soon as I said that, he's like, Sugar House, that place is the shit. You know, like just, he was super excited and like a glow about what's going on here with everything in the city. And, yeah. Which that came about because we do a prohibition party at Sugar House, uh, December 5th. And uh, those, uh, John Bernard, can't remember who he is with, but like they had traveled to Detroit to come to the prohibition party. Mm. And um, we had struck up a conversation then. And, 
Um, at least for me, I think John Bernard might have known have met. Yeah, you. I, I'd known John for a while. Yeah, so that. it was. I guess it wasn't just chance that they showed up, but yeah. they certainly came out to Detroit to see what was going on for sure. Yeah, and um, to me, that wasn't how it started, but. Um. Yeah. Then we definitely took it from there. We went to Cleveland. Actually, Mark and I and you and Alex. Yep. We went to visit them, and uh, Alex dropped a tin. Dropped There's a video behind the bar. We'll post the video. There's a video. Um, it's really taking after Yanni. Like Cleveland's really killing it too. Like it's almost yeah. like a very related. It's also a Gilbert property. I say, yeah, Gilbertville yeah. too. Um, <laughs> but it's not as like it's not in as like yeah. full on Gilbert. And I, I'm not saying this in a bad way. I'm saying this in a good way. Like in the sense that Gilbert is like you know, remaking Detroit because mm-hmm. he owns 99% of it. And like, they have the ability to sort of fix everything. Right. right. Um, Cleveland is almost seems like the first sort of step in that direction where they, they own a ton of stuff, but de- you know, not like they do in Detroit. And so I think I'm actually more excited about the development going on in Detroit. Although Cleveland is really cool and it's like two hours away, yeah. I, I which think, is nobody thinks about. I think the moral of the story is you need to do some fucking dishes. <laughs> Evidently, that's what <laughs> that's what I got from Greg here. Is that I've done, uh, you're not doing enough I've dishes? I've done plenty today. of dishes in my day. Let me tell you, <laughs> his, I've done yeah. plenty of dishes. That was just funny right. because it was. See, it see? Was, that's what I told you. <laughs> so, one more Chicago question: Did we have we talked Foundation yet at all? Because that opened up Foundation last weekend. Hotel? Yeah, Ooh, last weekend being what? We should take a break and then come back. Yeah, why don't we do that? This. All right, let's yeah. take a break. We'll talk about the Foundation Hotel. See, cool. And we're back. Welcome back to Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. So before we went to break, we started talking about the Foundation Hotel, which opened on May 15th. Uh, Foundation Hotel is uh, has a Chicago connection. Chef Tom Lentz is a Michelin-starred chef who is now at the helm of the Foundation Hotel. Nick, I think you had a point you wanted to bring up about that. Well, you bring up Michelin stars. It sounds like he's not going to go after stars in Detroit. Which I don't know if I why it sounded like he wanted to kind of relax a little and just kind of do something a little more casual, which when I first heard about him having stars, I was just like, yes, Detroit's going to get some stars. But um, it sounds like he might not be going after that. But side side story, you and I, you're giving me a frowny face. Okay, Um, (laughs) you and I went we went to the the sneak peek before at the apparatus at the apparatus room. Yes. And we got to check that out. There were a handful of drinks. Uh, there was actually the Bitter Cube guys were there that were helping out with the menu, huh. uh, which is nice. Nick and those? Patrick? Things? Nick was not there. Patrick was oh. there. I'm a fan of Nick. Nick's a good guy. Patrick seems Patrick, cool, too. I can't speak to Patrick. But. He, was, he seemed like a nice guy. I got a video I'll post about later. Um, and then they had a little bit of food. Nothing vegetarian friendly. So the wife was a little upset about that. There was but, nothing vegetarian friendly on their menu that I noticed. There's a salad, I think. Okay. But... Uh, <laughs> Sidetrack. I think the vegetarian restaurants should offer a meat option. That's exactly. a whole. It's a whole other. Because I would love to have. Wow. <laughs> no it's one, a, it's ever, not no every, one ever says that. That's yeah. that's a really great idea. No, because it's like every time you go out to a vegetarian restaurant, I'm like, no, I want some meat. Just like I mean, it's like on my menu, I make sure I have all sorts of vegetarian and vegan stuff on my menu, even though I'm a deli. Like we serve meat, like that's our thing. We serve meat, but we're like, oh, vegetarians here, you're welcome and too. Pickle, and pickles. <laughs> Vegetarian restaurants need to offer a piece of chicken or something. Huh? <laughs> I like it. I'm in. I'm, I'm with you. Vegetarian <laughs> chicken. I, mean, I would re- totally go re- to a vegetarian return the favor. Restaurant. We we all do it for you. Mean. Return the favor, exactly, bro. <laughs> so the foundation connection with Thomas coming from Chicago. Do we think we'll see more of that? Is Detroit an easier location to kind of set up a restaurant because it's cheaper? Oh, dude. Well, also the Grey Ghost guys the, were before the time. barbarians are at the gates. Yeah, like, it wasn't I even have, the first one. Yes, no, no. I have contacts with people all over the country that are like, Detroit, so we're moving there and we're opening places. Yeah, yeah. No, it's they're fucking here. I okay. mean, it's, yeah, in the next year we're going to see. Oh, I, saw, yeah. I saw the movie Sophisticated Burnt. Barbarians. The movie well, Burnt yeah. shows exactly well, step by step how to get their Michelin, your third it's Michelin star. Yeah. <laughs> I like that movie a lot. Which movie? Burnt. Burnt? No, I didn't see it. It's it's the inter- one guy that screws him over. It's entertaining, yeah. but it's like, oh yeah, he had two Michelin stars. Now he's going for his third, and like it's like it follows you. Like mm-hmm. you're a general with two stars, and like I'm going to my third star. <laughs> wow, it's uh, entertaining though. Yeah. Mm. So there we go. Foundation. I like it. So, Do you have any foundation thoughts? No. Thoughts on the foundation? It's a nice place. Um, that I, I I was able to dine dine there. Uh, myself the uh, the week they opened, I thought the food was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I would not expect like 
you know, a Michelin star to just all of a sudden be bestowed upon us because oh, somebody. No, 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 no. Well, <laughs> well, right, but but it's like like to say like I'm not going for one implies that like like you have to like he's actively. mailing it in, yeah, right? Well, I just think or no. Like, are you saying, Joe, that he's He's acting like he's he he would get one anyway, but he doesn't well, care. No, I don't think so. That's so no. Britsky. I just, I just feel like the jump from zero to one is a big jump, no matter where that one is. Yeah. And it's yeah. like getting on the radar of Michelin, like what is going to be that thing that does it? Yeah. Right. We have Firestone tires, isn't it? Well, does it? Oh. Does we, it have a, we have we have nine Firestone, Firestone stars. It sure has. <laughs> Damn. I mean, I guess, I guess that's a Firestone. <laughs> right Unfortunately, Honest Johns has twenty-seven. We're gonna start the new Firestone <laughs> rating. Every time you buy a Firestone rating. tire, they give you one. So <laughs> it's not. How'd you get nine? Hard. Who bought one tire? Uh, they're right across the street. <laughs> yeah, you get a. Have I you seen the potholes in Detroit? All right, Jesus. Let's really. You gotta have a spare. Let's bring it back. Let's talk about the hostess. Let's talk, can we talk about, talk about lobster rolls? Right, okay. I, want to lobster. Tell, I want to tell a lobster roll anecdote. I went to San Francisco for my birthday, my 40th, my big 4-0. <clears throat> and I went to a place called Leo's Oyster Bar. And their whole thing was we have the best lobster roll on the West Coast. And so I ordered it. And it was $40. And it fucking sucked ass. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> In comparison to Greg's, it was, I was like, this is garbage. I Imagine was what a $20 it. lobster will taste like throw on the it at them, but I'm, I'm going to throw this out the there food. and this is not because you're sitting next to me and I've said this to you before. I've been to Boston. Boston. I've been to the, <laughs> the New England uh, uh, area and your lobster roll really kicks ass. Yes. Yeah. Kicks. Great lobster roll. Also, I just got back from Cuba. I'm just going to throw this out there. I did not have a lobster roll, but I had a lot of lobster. I had lobster probably four days out of five. And it was fresh, but it wasn't really noteworthy as much as a lobster roll. Wow, this yeah. is high praise. I'm just saying. I mean, so, Maybe the best lobster in the world. It munches. It, so, there it is. From Maine. If you, if you can get anywhere near the restaurant during that time. Yeah, so kind of explain what the, the whole lobster roll phenomenon, how it started, and then uh, you say you fly it in from Maine. So talk about it for a little bit. Yeah, so uh, the coming into our fifth year, um, we were doing our fifth year, and I did uh, I did all the state sandwiches. So like every state in the union has their own sandwich. Like they have a state tree or state each bird. week it was a sandwich for said state. Right, and uh, and so we literally went through the whole country and did it. You know, it took all year long. And uh, did anyone eat them all? There, no, no, I don't think anybody quite I got came close. Them all. I probably had, I probably had twenty five of them. Okay, yeah. Nick got all the quarters though. He got a quarter from every state. People <laughs> really ignored the Rocky Mountain do. oyster sandwich. Yeah. nobody really touched that one. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the Rocky Mountain oysters. Oh, oh, you, yeah. oh, you did that? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I I honestly didn't didn't eat it myself. <laughs> I'm cool trying some new things, but like I'm I don't know I don't need that. I'm good. But uh, so when we came upon Maine, um, my stepfather, uh, his family actually fishes lobster in Maine. Um, so when when I came upon it, he's like, I know this place. You could probably have him ship you lobster. And I was like, all right, cool. So we'll check it out. And like as it got closer to Maine. Uh, we just decided that, you know, or I decided that I would literally overnight it every night and it's totally obnoxious. Like that's like such a, you know, like overnighting lobster for me and it's, it's costly and just obnoxious. But, uh, and when you're overnight, so like this is on a plane, like there's like a little shipping. No, container. they overnight it on a, a really fast boat. car. <laughs> I mean, you could, you could totally overnight in a car. But I'm just saying, so it's in a plane, and you have like Lamborghini. a Lamborghini. It's basically it's, it's even less efficient than a plane. <laughs> yeah, the Blues it's Brothers. Minutes away, I'll be there in ten. <laughs> I'm imagining this like crate filled with lobster. Is that kind of like what you're getting? Well, so, pizza and bikes. I just want to throw. We don't. Uh, I think one of the things that actually makes it taste better is uh, they, so they actually this place in Maine. Uh, they they grab the lobster and they actually cook the lobster in ocean water, ah, and ah. then they actually pull it for us too. Oh wow! So like we get it in like little five pound packages, and it's like it's fresh. It's like on ice, and it's you know, no shell, no nothing, just like pure right. meat. It's yeah. just pure meat. We That's couldn't pull it. We could not cool. pull it off if we were. Yeah, there's no way to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's do the math. It decreases some of the labor costs. There. Yeah, there's, <laughs> not happening. But there's no way. I mean, fresh like whole lobster like. It's eighty percent waste. I mean, yeah. yeah, so it's like unless it's, you're making like tons of lobster broth or something. Oh, I'm sure, you make the lobster <laughs> all the time. 
So it, it comes to us like that, and uh, you know, it's 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 overnight, and then, and then we did it that first year, and people freaked out about it, and like everybody was just like, "You gonna do that again? You gonna do that again? You gonna do that again?" So the next year, I just was like, "All right, let's do it again." So we did it again, and people freaked out about it, and then it was just like continually asking, like people calling on the phone. You guys got the lobster rolls? Is lobster roll week? Like whatever. <laughs> Sorry to keep calling you, man. I thought we were friends. <laughs> so so it it just blew up, and like every year it got progressively bigger and bigger and bigger to where it's like people i mean it like there's seriously probably not a day that goes by throughout the year where somebody doesn't call and ask about it so <laughs> th- th- that's uh last year was your third year this is going to be your fourth or do uh, i have fourth uh, this is the fifth year this will be the fifth this will be the fifth year Ooh, yeah. Crazy. yeah and people are pissed when they when you saw up for the day yeah well so all right it's because they've been waiting in line for three years. <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of a fucked up story but the this year or this you know this last year that we did it the lady that I normally get the lobster from, the year before that, we like put her lobster pickers in the hospital because <laughs> they were picking so much meat, and like they had like their hands got all fucked up. Uh-huh. So like she was like out of like lobster pickers for like three weeks. Like she it oh, fucked her no. business up. Wow. So, no. so it was like a staffing <laughs> issue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, this year though, so like like so then like last year she could only ship so much to us. So like we had these like. And and last year was like the craziest year ever. I mean, like people like went nuts last year. Like it was almost there was a ton of press. I yeah. Feel like. yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, there was like there's some people got kind of shitty. Even I mean, there was like one point in time like where the the carryout room was full of people trying because they blew past our hosts because like, they were trying to keep it like one one in one out kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. You know, it's the Black Friday of lobster and, rolls. Yeah. So like and and we have like young girls hosting and like there's nobody respected them and just was like yeah whatever I'll get my lobster roll like ran in or whatever. So like this room is just packked. I mean and it's a small room. You guys have been in there before. Yeah. So it got hot in there. You know it's like and literally somebody passed out on the floor. <laughs> like amazing. this lady passed out and like we had to like scream at everybody to get them out of the room so we could like attend to this lady. We're like down there with like buckets of water and shit. We had the police coming and like these people were like telling us, no, I didn't get my lobster roll yet. I'm not going no, anywhere. No, are you kidding? I swear to God. I'm telling you, the, the Detroit Police Department does secondary employment if you need to hire the police department. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> for lobster week. I think you do. Yeah. You, need, you need some. Uh, Did you sell any other sandwich that week? Security. Yeah, it, well, we, we do, but yeah, it's it's mostly lobster Vegetarian, rolls. vegetarian sandwich. Yeah, so I was like, I'll have the, the what is it, the mod? I'll have the tempeh roll. <laughs> yeah. So are you making money on this or is it like a loss leader? Oh, yeah, no, it's it's. It's totally lucrative. Okay, good. All right. Okay, good. Okay. I mean, it's it's. And so, who makes the bun? Uh so that's Matt Neo, and that's from Golden Wheat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. So it's Great. a little fancier yeah. than the, the yeah. hot dog that you would maybe get like in Maine or something like that. Yeah, but, but it's a. I mean, it's a tra- like traditional lobster roll yeah. kind of bun. It's kind of like a almost like a brioche kind of thing. Right. So oh, it's, it's great. Of, yeah. For, really, really nice. For me, the proportion of the of the lobster to everything else in it is. Awesome. I think that's what I'm the really best looking for. Is it, is it, <laughs> like, I'm not asking for a proprietary <laughs> secret, but is it uh, is it your own uh, doing? Did you uh, you know inherit this uh, recipe for? Yeah, no, the, it's 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 mine, and it's it's simple as hell. Like it's no, it is a simple it, thing. It, but you but guys honestly, like that meat it. that they give us. Th- that's the reason it is <laughs> what it is. It's like it's that meat is like amazing. Like, yeah, it's just like. You know, that first day that I get it, like I, I take a bag home and I just sit there and eat it cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, it's just good. It's good meat and it's good bread. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, that's all you need. Yeah. It's so a, so I, you got to have a pickle on the side. Year five's coming up. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do like a satellite location and like serve twice as much? Well, <laughs> that's funny. I thought Lobster about, roll food truck. I thought about putting a tent in the parking mm-hmm. lot. But uh, I, this this year, she the the lady uh, that, that I get it from in Maine, she, she guaranteed me that her supplies would be endless and it wouldn't be. There would be no issues, so we should be able to manage everything better. And if we do run out this year, we're going to give people like a ticket saying like, <gasps> you, you get in line Neat. first tomorrow, like no, a golden no, cool. Charlie ticket, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> golden lobster ticket. So, you know, you, I mean, do, you know, I, I know some other places in town where maybe you could just set up a satellite shop. You know, maybe a little. I have places. Little Honest John's, John's kind of like thing. A pop up at the bar. <laughs> oh my gosh! Ooh. Game Sugar House lobster roll pop up. I like it. I'm in. I'm in. Get the contract out. Well, it's funny. There's a uh, you know batches right down the street, and they're uh, they hit me up like a few weeks ago. They're like, like so when you do a lobster week because we need to staff up for that because because <laughs> like, the overflow in, right? <laughs> the line is in front of their place. Yeah. <laughs> they're three blocks away, and so there like are a person a thousand with a people standing. When is lobster front, week? So I can uh, put it in my phone right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, when I'm, is I'm, it? I don't have the date down yet. Uh, uh, do you have a rough? Uh, it, it'll always be the the very last week in July. Just, just write it down here for us, and we won't say it over there. 
But uh, I have been in contact with her several times. And, Your dealer? And it's, it's definitely on, yeah. Oh, you said July, <laughs> July oh, I won't be in town that week. Yeah, last we'll, year. I, we'll save you one. At the end of last you year, I kind of was. I, I will not save. I'll fucking eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a selfie of me eating. Oh, you're a dick. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Rims <laughs> the break. No, I do like you. It's yeah, the third that, time that, I've that heard that insane. today. <laughs> it, is, that, is that your busiest week of the year? Oh, hands down. Hands Absolutely. Down. Yeah, it's, it, it carries us for a while. I mean, it's a, it's so a why not replicate it, like, you know, quarterly? Because it wouldn't be, nobody would care. Wouldn't is be there a special. season? Is there yeah. a lobster there, season? There's also a lobster okay. season. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. And that's... That's why it's always like, is it going to be this week or that week? Or because it's like, right. and, like Ham Week doesn't have the same. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, uh, if you got like Embarico Ham, like yeah, something maybe. really sexy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems like that's you know, Ham Week. Of, just uh, and so, Greg, you recently opened uh, on the patio uh, Tiki Bar. Yeah. I uh, might. I think I was there last night. <laughs> I can't <laughs> fully remember. I saw a pineapple coming at me, and then that was was it, it was a pineapple it. or a bee? It was a bees, pineapple. Right. Yeah. The bees in the patio, not yet. They're Which coming. is that's a sign of a good zombie, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what was in it, but mm. <laughs> well, the zombie had the yeah yeah overproof no. yeah rumble. <laughs> yeah. All right, quick quick pineapple side. Did anyone see the article today about pink gemet- genetically modified pineapples? No, but it sounds amazing. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> multiple colors. Pineapple. That's exactly what Finally. you needed, Nick. I'm gonna grow some in the backyard. Let's do it. Mm. Mm. Can you grow? Mm. No, uh, you maybe get one. Is somebody it, will is very organic soon be making for you? A, a pink pineapple IPA. That'll happen. No, no pink pineapple <laughs> pineapple, <laughs> pineapple IPA. Um, all right, we're Greg. Thanks for being with us. Um, where can people find you? Right now. Here. Just, just, sit, <laughs> just sitting in budgies. I'm right next waiting. to you. <laughs> uh, we're at 1300 Porter Street uh, in downtown Detroit in Corktown, and uh, you can find us at mudgiesdeli.com. What about social media? Uh, Facebook forward slash mudgies or something like that. <laughs> Instagram? Just Google mudgies and we'll come up. Every I think it's mudgies, <laughs> mudgies 313. Google mudgies. Yeah, we're only one of them. Listeners do work. And so uh, yeah. just to throw it out there too, you have uh, takeout wine. Yeah, we have a small wine shop. There's, uh, you know, we do carry out. Catering. Your beer selection is like endless. Yeah, yeah, and a very nice, I'll say, a very nice wine selection. Take out beer, go, yeah. right? Take out beer, take yeah. out wine. Take is out all the food. beer available? You have like a thirty-page list of beer. Yeah, you can get it to go. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. Okay. Yeah, all the wine, beer, anything we serve, and the anything best. we serve you, you can take it with you. And the best pickles. We can actually even deliver you wine. What? Wow. That's a thing. All right. That's a thing. Whiskey, oh. don't. Not whiskey. <laughs> no, not, not liquor. We can do beer and wine. It's wine month. Come on. You got I two see. more days. Uh, I've been putting in work, though, for wine month. I'm just going to say. <laughs> you get a call to the police station. It's, I mean. Uh, for, the, for the sandwich. I like it. Greg, I'm looking thank- at the Mudgies uh, Instagram right now. Just checking it out. Mudgies. What's the, <laughs> what's the, what's the Mudgies handle? Mudgies 313. Mudgies 313. At Mudgies 313. Who has Mudgies? Who has Mudgies? Like the regular Mudgies. <laughs> Greg, you don't. How, what's your feeling There's about Instagram? Steven Mudge. Who is a- <laughs> um, my feeling about Instagram, it used Early to be uh, my favorite platform, actually. I used to get the most activity on it until Facebook took it over and fucked everything up. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah, pay to play, baby. Yep. Pay to Interesting. play. Greg, thanks for being with us. Until next time, dine well, friends. Cheers. Cheers.